Hi guys, welcome to episode 23. Um, we have a very special episode today. Um, I didn't want to prepare anything to uh, begin this introduction. Um, it is with uh, great sorrow that uh, we uh, discuss the passing of Travis James Zipper at the age of 41. Uh, we recorded this episode back August 14th. Uh, of 2021 of this month of actually a month ago and uh, I am a little bit, bit behind as I've mentioned uh, we've been I've been going through my own struggles and trying to keep keep up with the things that I need to do my responsibilities but um, I lacked on this episode because um, we tried to discuss and bring cutting edge information to you guys and I know that this case uh, in this podcast it was all about fertility and how you can improve fertility in men and women with functional medication, functional medicine, and nutritional coaching. Uh, Travis brought and will continue, his legacy will continue to bring a wealth of knowledge and, uh, and an inform informative information that is currently on the web uh, with regards to fertility and functional nutrition and how things are uh, moving towards that direction, I believe, more and more. Uh, I think all of you understand and know what I believe in uh, or what I think with regards to uh, Western medication or Western medicine. Sometimes it leaves a lot to be desired. And there are alternatives to um, some of these uh, very hard diseases and, and, and cases that we that we encompass on a daily daily basis. So during this episode, Travis um, does mention that he he does feel a little bit unhealthy and uh, in efforts of not trying to politicize COVID. I, I always, anytime there's a guest speaker, I, I try not to politicize um, COVID because there is a, a lot of controversy right now with regards to vaccination and COVID protocols and whether you should get vaccinated or not. And I, and I always say, you know, you should make an educated decision in terms of whether you want to get vaccinated or not. I'm fully vaccinated and, and perfectly happy with that. I made a decision as a grown adult. Uh, to do so, but uh, I don't try to politicize it. You know, I try to to make educated decisions in the in the reason behind it, uh, whether you agree or not, and that's your prerogative, not mine. I mean, it's, it's it was my choice. I really, don't care what other people say or if they they're against it. Uh, I'm sure you have your own ideals and reasons behind it, but um, I made a decision to get vaccinated because I had a lot of my friends, a few of my friends that parents and close family relatives passed away and they were completely against being vaccinated and um, moms and dads did not survive. And uh, later, on, later on, as I reached out to them, they said, what if they would have gotten vaccinated? Would my mom be around today? And my response to them, as, as you've probably heard through other podcasts has always been, don't live with the what if, because you'll never know. You, it'll consume you and you'll never have that answer. So I made an educated decision to get vaccinated. That is one of the reasons why. Uh, another is just work and some other, some other personal reasons as to why I wanted to get vaccinated. So during this podcast, uh, Travis does mention that he feels a little bit not too healthy. He even says, I might have COVID. Uh, we don't, uh, we reserve the privacy of uh, the right to have privacy for their family. Uh, and I believe there's no cause of death that has been released and hasn't been published. Uh, but we extend our extreme condolences uh, to the Zipper family, uh, to all the loved ones, the coaches, the people that he touched with his information, uh, with the wealth of knowledge that he provided. Uh, it was very heart felt when I heard that he passed away because we were one of the last podcasts, I believe that he actually was on, if not the last one uh, that he was on, if I'm not mistaken, before we heard of his passing. So um, let's take 10 seconds of, uh, of time here to honor Travis and uh, his legacy that he leaves behind. With that being said, folks, Thank you for supporting uh, Harfax Fitness. Uh, thank you for uh, continuing to support our initiatives with uh, through Rejuvenate HRT, uh, our premier and preferred um, hormone replacement therapy clinic. 
uh, if you're having issues or just want a free consult or have somebody look over some blood work for you to see if, if we can optimize or they can optimize your hormones, uh, please reach out to rejuvenatehrt.com and start the process there. Um, get your free consult. And uh, obviously, Harfax Fitness sponsored by amino-period.com and uh, in partnership with Rejuvenate Labs, uh, supplementation, pharmaceutical supplementation uh, with cutting edge technology. So with that being said, guys, um, I'm a little lost for words right now. I'm a little uneasy uh, with, with this episode. I, I've been neglecting doing this intro and I just want to do him justice. Uh, I, we honor you. We thank you for the information and the wealth of knowledge that you provided to thousands and thousands of people across the world. Thank you for your service, Travis. You will be never, ever forgotten. With that being said, welcome to episode 23, I believe. Travis Zipper, Sonia Spiel, Fertility. Hi guys, welcome to Hard Facts Fitness episode 23. Today we have a special guest who's been here actually before, Travis Zipper. Um, in efforts of jumping right into the uh, the good stuff here with, with Travis, uh, Travis, give us an intro again. I know that it's been a while since you've been on, on, the, on the show here and I want to really uh, emphasize your, your background uh, with regards to fertility, which is our topic of today. Yeah, uh, so I started my, I guess you could say a health career in working in an age management clinic, which is kind of hormone replacement and medical weight loss. Uh, that was primarily me pushing drugs, uh, trying to work a little bit on the diet side of things while, while the doctors were just prescribing medications. Uh, I eventually left that clinic. I worked for another uh, age management clinic that was much more diet and lifestyle based. Saw most, the, most of the demographic was you know 50 plus low testosterone, but younger men in the same sense and, and females as well. Um, since then I have, um, kind of gone out, gotten into more of the, the functional side of things. Uh, I work for a company, um, called the nutritional coaching Institute where I teach health coaches and I'm the lead instructor. Uh, I write all the content for the courses, kind of like if you want to become a health coach and help people live the healthiest lives, we teach you how to do that. Um, I have a mentorship that I, I take next level coaches as well and help them try to really handle the difficult clients for so the people that fall between the cracks. And I would say probably most recently, the, the newest passion that I have that I've always been doing it off and on is I've gotten into working with fertility and pulling the diet and the lifestyle and helping couples prepare for things like IVF and just have the healthiest pregnancy possible and educate them about um, some of the, the most common things that people do not have a clue about that are you know causing the, the surges of infertility today. So a little long-winded, but that's kind of uh, where I am at this uh, point in the, uh, the adventure, so to speak. Beautiful, that's awesome. So why don't we start a little bit uh, right into the grid of things here. Why don't we begin with what, you're, what are you seeing right now? Um, a lot of times people talk about back in the days, back when my grandmother and my grandfather were around, they didn't have all these issues. So what are you seeing now with regards to fertility in men and women? We can start with that and we can definitely evolve from there. Well, in the age group of 20 to 40, it's one of the top medical diagnosed medical conditions is infertility in, in all, all medical circles. Uh, the, anyone can Google it, but the, there's the, uh, one of the most recent studies that came out is they did a um, look at like over 40,000 males throughout the world. And what they found is that the average male sperm count has dropped by 60% over the past 40 years. And people hear that and they're like, oh, that's really, really bad. Well, what happens if that continues? Okay, what happens in another 30 years if it drops down to 10%? That's like, you know, scary, like mass extinction type of things or, or people are going to have to realize that um, chemicals, stress, all, all the stressors in the world today, uh, they're actually doing some damage. And the same thing goes for females. So when you take low sperm count, you take lack of ovulation, you take uh, inability of uh, couples to conceive the rates that IVF are going through the roof uh, and, and that have, uh, you know, IVF success rates about 25%. So people have to do usually three or four rounds before they actually get pregnant, you know, at about 15, 20 grand a pop. Not everyone can afford that as well. So what do you, what do you feel like the biggest causes like that you're seeing 
kind of come into play in association with that? Like inflammation? Is it like a dietary aspect? Breakdown? 100%. Inflammation, yeah. oxidative stress. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just too much Can inflammation. You explain to people what oxidative stress is as well. Yep. So inflammation, and oxidative stress, they kind of go hand in hand, but oxidative stress is uh, the unbalanced amount of free radicals being produced in the cell. So I like to think of free radicals, or I explain it as, uh, if you can remember back to the Looney Tune cartoons back in the day, there was the Tasmanian devil that he would turn into the, uh, the cyclone and he would just start bouncing into stuff and just destroying everything. Okay. That's pretty much what a free radical does in the cell. Okay. If it's, there's no antioxidants or if a person's natural antioxidant system is underdeveloped or underworked. Lots of those Tasmanian devils, okay, cyclone uh, little guys are just going around just doing severe damage inside the cell. So just think, let's picture an, an oocyte cell, okay, an egg cell for a female. If there's all that damage that's being done, is that going to be a healthy cell that's ready for implantation? Or is that going to be a healthy sperm cell if all that's happening? So oxidative stress, I want you to think of probably inflammation inside of the cell, Inflammation is more swelling, uh, more uh, immune cell reactions outside of the cell, inside the body. So I have a question here for you, Travis. What, what would you, in, in, in terms of, uh, I guess, jumping to solutions, what would be a supplement or something that you could actually take to actually get that inflammation down? Are we talking NAC? We're talking NAD plus. So we know uh, we've done some research on that. I've been doing a lot of research on NAD plus lately, but would you, would you consider NAC more of a free radical type of supplement that can actually help? Or would you go as far as NAD plus or something like of that nature? Uh, I would say the biggest bang for your buck is going to be liposomal glutathione. Glutathione, yeah. Um, now, NAC, NAC is the precursor to, to glutathione. glutathione. Yeah. Okay? So there's products out there called glutathione uh, recyclers, uh, like GoToCola, uh, Go um, Cordyceps, uh, NAC. Those are all things that help recycle. Um, the natural rhythm of your glutathione production, right? Correct. correct. And uh, so there's even some different pathways that NAC go down that aren't necessarily uh, glutathione. So they can both be really good options. But just think, um, you know, if you wanted to go the food route, uh, a lot of uh, dark extracts like acai, uh, pomegranate, uh, blueberry extract, uh, curcumin, things that are, are really essentially come from food. It's because when you're actually working with people who are actually already pregnant, you can't be giving them botanicals while they're pregnant. There's just not enough data on it to know what's going on. But wow, you, can't give them, you can't give them food extracts. You can give them uh, like curcumin or you can give them uh, Rick, stuff like, just anti-inflammatory. Do you typically adopt a whole anti-inflammatory lifestyle? So more like Mediterranean focused? Uh, I'm very big like uh, on adding in antioxidant based foods. Like my, my key is like, I, I give people antioxidant smoothie recipes that has everything in it. So they're really loading up, uh, in the food side of things. W would you say that foods and fruits and primarily fruits that are higher in the ORAC value are, those are the, the type of fruits that you're looking at, like blueberries, acai, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yep. So anything that's dark, a dark color, dark, bright color, um, dark red, dark blue, um, a dark orange, anything more darker uh, and brighter in color, it's going to have more natural antioxidants, more natural polyflavanols, um, things like that. That's ultimately where you want. And you can, again, you can get food extracts of those things that, that can be pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. Are you working within a macronutrient range when you're working with fertility clients at all, or are you just mostly working on food quality and quantity, like density, like nutrient density, micro density versus macros? Well, it's 100% a micro. It's not macros at all. Okay. Now, yeah. granted, so micro. Yeah. You can't, you, so don't get me wrong. Someone can't come to you eating 800 calories. You need to get them eating enough. But uh, if it's in, if they're not under eating, and they're still getting a very high nutrient dense diet and a lot of fiber and still working on the microbiome. That's the main goal. Okay. Cause remember, what are you, what's going to be the number one cause behind uh, infertility issues is going to be oxidative stress and inflammation. Um, and if you want to think you got to put that fire out and colors and foods and things like that, that's how you do that. So, so here's a question. Um, would you say that the best approach when you're treating fertility is to make sure your macros are at a maintenance level? So you're not, you're taking a little bit of the stress away from the body. Number 100%. one. Number one, 100%. number two, yeah. make sure your micronutrients and you're, you're actually feeding up on high ORAC value type of fruits and vegetables, correct? From a, from a micro, from a micro supplementation standpoint. Now, from a supplementation standpoint, you know, you said glutathione, NAC, the NAC being the precursor to, to glutathione. 
I also know there's different types of glutathione from from a delivery standpoint. Any particular mm-hmm. liposomal maybe versus a free. Yeah. Or- so the, uh, the 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 version that I use is called trisomal. It's the uh, it's the uh, S-acetyl uh, liposomal glutathione. So it's like the top of the food chain. Uh, you absorb most of it. Like if it's not liposomal, it's it's, it's very worthless. poorly absorbed. Very poorly absorbed. Yeah, it's worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, resveratrol is another really strong, powerful antioxidant that you can yeah. use. So I would say like if there were three, you know, prize supplements that you could use for um, uh, like oxidative stress and inflammation, it would be those three. So uh, I'm going to diet very high. In I want to nerd out and geek out a little bit. Can you explain the, tri- the trimosomal, trimosomal delivery method versus the the, um, the uh, liposomal? I know liposomal is more available. I don't know if the trimosomal is. Trisomal is just an acetyl group that's been added to it. Yeah. Um, that, that's the, so liposomal is, is encapsulated in a lipid nanoparticle. So it's able to pass the cell membrane. And then the trisomal is just that, uh, um, that acetyl group that's been added to it. That's I'm not sure actually over the blood brain barrier a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I, I can't tell you exactly okay. the biochemical pathway that, uh, that it works. Uh, I just, that is like the, the top of the food chain when it comes to absorption rates. Um, like there's a quite a, there's actually only one company that I know that actually makes one. I was going to say, it's not widely available because I know liposomal, you see a lot of it, but what I've known also being a little bit more on the supplement side of, of things, a lot of companies, they claim to be liposomal, but they're not, you know, there's yeah. a lot of crap out there that people, and this goes for every, all our listeners out there when you're actually purchasing your supplements. Okay. And if you're noticing you buy, and I'm knocking, not knocking any other, any brands in particular, a $9.99 liposomal oh, yeah. glutathione, guys, it's probably junk. Okay. It's probably junk. Be very yeah. careful in what you're putting in your body. Make sure you're going after brand names that are, that have been tested or that have good reputation because you're not going to get anything out of value with a nine and $9.99. Just my opinion. Okay. So make sure that you're very careful with that. Um, what, what's I feel like glutathione too is one of those more costly supplements, is. like versus like a liposomal vitamin C, you know what I mean? It's like, you definitely, if you're going to be using it, you want to go full Monty on that one and get like, I've used Quicksilver as a company. I don't know what company, what, what company did you recommend Travis? Uh, the one I use is uh, apex energetics, apex energetics. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm writing like, this uh, down because I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's the best one. It comes in a little uh, syringe too. So you put the syringe into the bottle and you pull it out and it tastes like a, like a coconut uh, lime. It's actually delicious. Uh, you can yeah. like, uh, uh, <laughs> tastes like a popsicle almost. It's really, really good. Uh, I was, uh, I was talking, I was talking to, um, uh, Chris over at Rejuvenate with regards to, um, uh, injectable glutathione, which, which, uh, the HRT clinic has, and that's another option. Um, supposedly some people say it burns, some people say it doesn't burn, but it's probably the best it's method. It's horrible. I've done it. It burns so bad. I know you were mentioning that. Now, horrible. Sonia, let me ask you a question. Was that aftermarket? Let's call it aftermarket. Was it aftermarket or was it pharmaceutical? It's aftermarket. <laughs> okay. A girl wants to heal on a budget. Well, let me ask you a question, Travis. Like since we were talking about HRT a little bit, what are you seeing for the benefits or the, basically the, the dis the disadvantage versus the advantage of, of people on HRT and struggling with fertility. So it's important to know that testosterone is required in order to make sperm. Yeah. Okay. So you do need to have testosterone, but if someone's suffering from infer- infertility and there's lots of other reasons as to why I could say a male might be infertile, they have nothing to do with testosterone. Okay. It has to do with a uh, lack of micronutrients, stressors, chemicals, microbiome health, uh, again, oxidative stress. So if someone just thinks that, oh, I'm just going to go on testosterone, it's going to fix all my problems. Mm -hmm. That's kind of naive in that sense. And that's what most people do. Um, And then again, you know, again, if you go on testosterone, it shuts off your own LH production and you're going to be shooting blanks. Okay. You're not going to be producing any. So it's a fine line uh, with regards to fixing it. Let's say Someone's just not producing enough testosterone in order to make sperm. So if they take just a little bit to get their levels in the right range, okay, then that could be a game changer for them. But most people take it and it, it doesn't fix anything. So there's a place for it, um, but it should never be used as a crutch or that's the go-to like, oh, I'm just going to um, go into testosterone because my sperm count's uh, low and then I'm just going to bring it up. That, that's not how things work. So what about you- for women? 
Well, let me let me Maybe backtrack. Let, let, let me, let's talk about men real quick. Sorry, Sonia, to interrupt real, real quick. Let's backtrack because I'm really interested to, to pick your brain on this. So, would you say that um, the the majority of cases that you deal with fertility issues on men, it's more of a lifestyle change? Um, I would say the majority of infertility males relates to being overweight and and um, not considering the fact that they're infertile because of the, yes, their own lifestyle factors. Okay. okay they think, not, Oh, I can get an erection. I can get an erection. I can get it up. I can, I can, um, yeah, you know, have sex. There's, there's no problem with me. Sure, okay. Sure, and um, the data is pretty clear. 50% yeah. of all male infertility cases or sorry, 50% of all infertility cases are related to the male. Right. And male Little things like it. EMFs, like cell phones around your junk all day, or like heavy exposures with that kind of stuff. Like those things all highly affected as well. Like you said, just day-to-day life stress, inflammation, bad diet. Yeah. I mean, they came out with a study showing that if you do, if you put your cell phone in your front pocket for, you know, five hours of the day, it drops your sperm count by 50% for that day. Mm-hmm. Like that, the, these, uh, you know, believe it or not, there's actually studies that show if you wear tight underwear, um, that it drops your sperm count. If you sit mm-hmm. in a spa every day in a hot tub, it drops your sperm count. Like these are things that are missing are, sleep, poor circadian rhythms, insulin sensitivity, blood, bad blood sugar regulation, all of it. And what That's awesome guys. Do? Really, all, really good topic. Those all awesome. increase inflammation and yep. oxidative stress because it all kind of boils down to that at the end of the day. So would you circle it all around endocrine disruptors as being the, the main key behind fertility issues in men? For 100%, especially if they're, their body. So it's not, um, it's not the endocrine disruptors themselves. It's a person's uh, biotransformation pathways or, or the health of their liver. Is, is their body able to excrete those toxins from the body uh, in, in the most efficient way possible? If that's not happening, then yes, those toxins will end up recirculating and that can cause some problems. But some people have awesome um, detox pathways and they can get rid of all that stuff. There's no problem at all. Same like some same thing is sometimes people will, you know, they'll look at, they'll sniff caffeine or coffee and they'll be bouncing off the walls all day. And then other people who can drink, uh, you know, 24 ounces of coffee before they go to bed and they're perfectly fine. Yeah. So again, everyone's going to be a little different. Uh, but yes, there's times where when I, when I get couples who they've been through the normal workup and there's, there's what's called unexplained infertility. They've been trying for over 12 months. They can't do it. Um, that's something they have to look at. You look at uh, toxicity testing, you look at uh, liver health, things like that. And a lot of times things pop, pop up, like you're getting a lot of exposure to glyphosate or you're getting exposure to heavy metals and your body's just not able to get rid of them. And, th- and they're doing some damage in the body. I think day-to-day two exposures that people aren't even realizing is just like, what does our lifestyle look like? And I just went through this with the client, actually, Travis, you've you taught me a lot of this. And I said it in the beginning, but I'll, I get a lot of questions about like my education. Like I've been in Travis's program for like seven months and it's ridiculously life-changing, not just for like what I know as a coach, but what the quality of coaching my clients have been getting. So now I have clients that are just weight loss clients that are trying to get pregnant. And it's like, I can implement some of this stuff. And we walk through just a day-to-day life. Okay. Tell me exactly what your day looks like. And I had a client who was struggling, getting pregnant. We were dealing with some stuff and it it just came out to, she wakes up and she, uh, she microwaves her instant oatmeal in an instant package, right? So microwaves, in uh, basically like a little toxic <laughs> paper container. And yeah. then she puts her aspartame in it. And then she goes and she goes to Starbucks and she grabs her coffee and she drinks coffee with the lid on it. So again, exposures to more plastics. And then she goes to work and she heats up her Tupperware where mm-hmm. she just did, wasn't actually washing her veggies, which is another thing I went over with her. She's heating up her plastic in her microwave container with the lid on. So it's like all these just like, tiny little exposure, tiny little exposure over time, air fresheners in her car all over her house. She was actually like, I'm obsessed with air fresheners, like all these little things that I was like, wow, these are huge differences to be made. And it's not like this just happened overnight. Like we started four months ago and we took out all of these things. And one of the biggest things I saw was like her inflammation started to change. Her weight didn't change. We, we finally were starting to get regular, like 28 day cycles, which was a big fucking win in the beginning. She's actually getting ready for, um, uh, an, uh, IVF treatment this next week, but it's amazing just to watch like just those little changes and moving to organic and removing those stressors and focusing more on what we can remove, not what supplements we can add in made a huge difference in not just her body comp, but just the regularity of her period and her methylation process in general, which was, which was huge, especially when, like he said, it's like, you're going to be spending that kind of money 
you want to be swinging with every single ounce that you have to give. You want to be up there prepared. You don't want to be going in half-assed, not getting sleep, having a bunch of toxins inside of your body when you're spending 10, 15, 20 grand on having a baby. I'll take that one step further and listen, uh, believe me, if any of anyone listening to this out there thinks that uh, plastic or BPAs don't affect fertility levels. Okay. You're, believe me, you're sorely mistaken. I teach uh, a whole module to the couples on all the studies on it. And it's, it's very clear. Um, but here's the one thing that most people don't realize with regards to toxins and chemicals being overweight is that even if you are able to get pregnant, if you have that oocyte or that sperm, that's unhealthy, there can be what's called DNA fragmentation in the egg and in the sperm. And basically what happens that turns on epigenetic effects of the child once they are born. And then that child can pass that on to their child. It's transgenerational. Okay. So uh, obesity, uh, autoimmune conditions, allergies, all these things are actually being uh, instigated or um, pushed along by a mother or a father who's unhealthy when they're actually getting pregnant. So, and you know, when I work with couples, the ideal situation is come to me six months before you're ready to get pregnant. Let's yeah, get you as healthy as possible and educate you. Okay. Or, you know, uh, spend three months learning what you need to do when the time comes so that you have the plan ready to go, because this is why babies are coming out. You know, the kids are overweight, why there's the explosion of, uh, I believe, uh, autism, different things. Okay. Uh, it's all because of the health of the, the egg or health of the mother uh, and father before they're even born. What are you seeing like in relation to gut microbiome in relation to fertility? Oh, it's plays, it's a huge, plays a huge role. Okay. It's one of my, uh, one of my cornerstones, uh, your, your gut pretty much does a million things with regards to fertility. It turns on estrogens. Okay. It regulates hormones. It biotransforms and breaks down toxins. So, uh, if you have, uh, lipopolysaccharides, which are just think of bad bacteria, um, that can get into the bloodstream and cause even more inflammation. Uh, so the, the microbiome needs to be very healthy. It plays a big role in uh, fertility and, you know, it's not rocket science, how to fix it. If you got an infection, you got to obviously treat the infection, but it's a lot of fiber, you know, a lot of diverse fibers. So eating a lot of different types of plants is going to be the best way to work on someone's microbiome health. Yeah. Interesting. What are some flags that you're seeing? Like, okay, let's just say like, you have somebody come, come to you. Are you just going over gut diversity or is there normal? Like, so for example, like I, it seems like almost, I hate to throw like blanket statements, but at times I feel like a majority of the people that I work with have low stomach acid just out the gate, low digestive enzymes and aren't pooping regularly. When you're working with clients, what are the things that you're like kind of looking for? Or do you just kind of start everyone like an X, Y, Z? So it, it depends. Uh, I would say I have two groups that I work with. Someone that will, wants to, to, to work through the pre-pregnancy, the whole pregnancy, and then uh, post, uh, postpartum, so to speak. So I coach them through the whole, let's just call it almost 18, 18 month process uh, or 16 month process. And then there's people who come to listen, I just want to make my body as healthy as uh, possible before getting pregnant. So it, it depends on, you know, is there unexplained infertility or does someone just need to make their body a little bit more healthy? If there's unexplained fertility, you got to start going down rabbit holes and looking at labs, looking at premature ovarian failure, which is just the loss of uh, um, eggs uh, and looking at the, the bigger picture. But if you're, you have someone that just says, listen, I, I'm, I know I'm not as healthy as I could be. I want to be as healthy as I can for the health of the baby. Then that's a little bit different. So, you know, you can have a task list of you know, eat nine servings of vegetables per day, eat colors. I make it really simple. I get, I have recipe plans and um, I'd really try to take a lot of the guesswork off the client's load just so you know, during that three to six month window, they don't have to worry about what they're making. They just have to actually go out and do it. And okay. Like it. Yeah, I was going to say, when, when you're like, when a client's working through this or like anyone who's listening and they're like, okay, this is kind of like where I want to start. What am I not doing? What am I doing? What are some things if you had to say like low hanging fruit that we talk about that somebody can start work on right now, if they're looking to conceive next, like next year, is it just all the things you said, like watching, ex uh, you know, exposure to toxins, working on gut health, sleep, just those basics. Um, well, listen, I, I would say everyone's going to have a different set of problems in their life that they need to deal with. Um, there could be a lot of stress. 
that could be their biggest uh, across the bear. There could be sleep problems. There could be like, as you know, as the client that you talked about, lots of plastic and, and toxin exposures in her day-to-day life. Uh, there could be lack of essential fatty acids, okay, which causes more inflammation. There could be lack of any color in the diet. You know, how many people are eating the same five to 10 foods every single day? Bro diets. Yeah. You'll see that too, where you'll see, they'll like, I eat fruits, I had blueberries in my smoothie. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us are guilty of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, again, it's, uh, I follow, a, a, a smoothie salad, stir fry type of, type of plan. Okay. Again, what are we looking for? We're looking for a lot of color. We're looking for a lot of essential fatty acids. Um, we're looking for not a lot of inflammatory foods. We're looking for um, uh, fiber in the diet. These are all things that we, we can kind of get through fruits and vegetables and then making sure the calories are, are adequate. Um, and then again, if someone has a poor biotransformation pathways in the body or their, their liver is just not working right, or if they're, they have high, uh, high degree of like toxicity for stuff that's just circulating or stuck in their cells, then you might need to go through a plan to actually pull that junk out of the body as well. Um, so, cause again, what are you, what's, what is everyone trying to do? You're really trying to prime the body to have the healthiest baby possible. And just because you're getting pregnant doesn't mean <laughs> that you're healthy and people realize that. And I, I it is as hard as this is to say is even when I see these really overweight females that get pregnant, I cringe. Um, and, um, I, I just, I, I worry for that child going forward. And this is why, you know, even if you can come to me and give me six months and I can get you to lose 5%, 10% of your body, uh, body weight that can have such a big difference in dropping those inflammation levels and, and making your, your eggs and the sperm so much more healthy. I have a question. Would you, would you say that the approach for men to women is the same, or do you treat women differently than you would treat men? Um, no, it's, it's, it's a little different. So, um, I work, I use a lot of acupuncture with women, um, when they're trying to get pregnant and during IVF, things like that during the, the whole process, even though people are like, Oh, you shouldn't be using needles when um, you're pregnant. Sure. You can still do it. You just need to know the right points. Um, and with males, most males also don't know this is that they create sperm in the 70 to 90 day window before it's released. Okay. So what that male was doing 70 to 90 days ago that's what's going to affect quality of his sperm. Oh, wow. So, um, and so it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I got pregnant on, you know, when we were uh, drinking and at a, a, a wedding uh, extravaganza in the Cayman Islands and I was doing drugs and doing all this. And that's, that's, that's nasty. You know, you don't really want that. So males need to know that they need to clean out the pipes, so to speak, during that 70 to 90 day window. And then they can try to start having um, to conceive. And now women, women are born with all their eggs. Okay. Now, only thing that happens is they burn through them quicker. The more oxidative stress, the more damage that you have throughout your life, the more ex- exposure you have to chemicals, alcohol, things like that, you're just going to burn through more eggs. So let's say you, you're, you're releasing a thousand every time you might release 10,000 or 20,000. So you're going to get into premature yeah. ovarian failure faster. So and I've lived that, like I I've t- talked to you about it, Travis, and I talk a little bit on the podcast about it, but like just the fertility issues that I deal with and super low AMH, so basically like low egg count in general. And same thing, like I have Ill, like a lot of heavy metal exposure, a very history, a very heavy history of drug use and alcohol and just drug addiction in general. And it's like, it's true. It's like, it's it, your body just takes a toll, like all of it, it takes a toll. So even if you're just partying and you're doing Molly every couple weekends and all this kind of stuff, it's kind of like, or you're doing, you're doing, just doing Coke at a party in the club. It's like these things when you're looking for, like they do very, very much have an effect on you long-term. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then instead of that 70, 90 days for the males, the females, they need to be super healthy during obviously the whole pregnancy. Okay. And you know, what's going to be the number one problem that's going to cause pregnancy complications cause mom to have postpartum conditions, it's going to be weight gain, uh, developing things like gestational diabetes yeah. or, or being overweight during the whole process or like, Oh, uh, I'm pregnant. Everything's so hard. I want to eat ice cream every day and pizza. Um, no, that, that doesn't work. And not many people do that, honestly, but there are some people that don't realize that, you know, if you gain 50, 60 pounds when you're pregnant, okay, that's turning on some of those epigenetic effects in your child. And there could be health consequences for the, the, the child for the rest of their life. I have a question. What, what, what happens when you going through the, your entire process of lifestyle changes, uh, micronutrition changes and all of this, and they still, you can't still get them to turn on. 
I mean, they still have issues. What, what, what's the next phase approach that you take at that point? So I have, so basically when, again, it's really going to depend on where they are in the process. So let's just say they've been through a workup. Uh, they've been through the conventional medical workup. Can't find anything that's going on. Okay. There's obviously no uh, autoimmunity. There's no uh, high prolactin levels. There's none of the standard things that they look for. Then you got to pretty much pull out the magnifying glass and, you know, uh, roll up your sleeves and really start diving into things like uh, microbiome health, subtle blood sugar issues, okay? Um, autoimmunity that might not be diagnosed, uh, higher rates of inflammation, and start building a foundation on top of one another and using some functional medicine testing to identify potential problem areas and kind of working through that. Um, honestly, and listen, a lot of times there's things like endometriosis, there's things like fibroids, where they just cause a lot of inflammation and you have to, sometimes people will need IVF therapy in that same sense though, you got to prime the body, you got to prime the eggs to, to make them as healthy as possible so that the, that, that transfer actually takes. What are the advantages or like disadvantages with implementing HRT or somebody who's on HRT and trying to get pregnant We're from a female about- standpoint? Um, yeah, I, I, um, it really depends on what we're talking about HRT wise. Let's just say like testosterone, we'll start there and then maybe progesterone. So remember you take testosterone, it's still going to shut off your own natural output of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, oh, let me, let me interject real quick. When you're looking at fertility cases uh, or fertility treatment in HRT, it's not necessarily, let's not just go to testosterone. You have Clomid, you have HCG therapy. So when you're dealing with HRT within uh, I mean, the HRT women. world, even for women, yeah. um, even for women, as a matter of fact, AC, they can go on ATG. They don't need to go on testosterone. I mean, we, we deal with this all the time where men will come in and, and they've tried the functional medicine side and they have failed. And they say, they, I can't. And we have coaches that are actually bringing people over to rejuvenate. And they're basically saying, we've done everything from a functional medicine standpoint, mm-hmm. from a lifestyle system. They just don't turn on. It's kind of like completely shut down. Yeah. So at that point, from a from a, T, a T, let's call it HRT, from an HRT standpoint, what we do is they would actually put start a C, uh, maybe a Clomid cycle or maybe an ACG cycle, and it's in and in the labs it shows that they're start starting to move things in the right path. So let's 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 not dive too much into testosterone because what Travis actually said is very accurate. Testosterone will shut down your your own production unless you're going at it with HCG. Um, but what have you seen, Travis, uh, in the world of? I, I know we, I know where you're where you're coming from, more of a functional side, more of a more therapeutic um, lifestyle changes. But how, do you ever implement HRT into your into your your entire protocol if you can't get them to to turn on? Um, so I'm not a, a prescribing doctor at this point. Um, so no, I don't use that. That's not something that that I I utilize. But listen, I did work in age management clinic for almost uh, seven years. So uh, I am a fan and I do see uh, a place for it. But again, you really have to take a step back and say, have all of the other issues been crossed off the list first, okay? And if they they have, and you listen, for at least three or four months, you're eating a great diet, okay? You're you're managing stress, you're getting sleep, um, you're getting lots of color and vegetables and you're doing everything that we need to and testosterone is still low. Yes, sure. Um, Clomid, HCG, uh, low dose testosterone to bring things up, to get you in the right range that can definitely be utilized. Okay. But with women, you know, what's women, they use Clomid to stimulate ovulation. Now, if a woman is taking HRT, that's going to do the same thing. And women are even more sensitive to hormonal outputs. Okay. So you start, I would say maybe progesterone, you can give them a little bit that can help things. Um, even after females get pregnant, you want to make sure that you're taking progesterone sometimes if it's a really low output, but taking things like estrogen and testosterone in, um, significant yeah. amounts. Um, I haven't seen that be too successful in, in that realm. If it is, it's very short term. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think that's what you were going towards, uh, Sonia, sorry to interrupt you with that. I just wanted to make sure that the audience don't, I, I don't want to misinform people and, and make them believe that, hey, testosterone is going to get them to produce more, make them more fertile. That's really- No, I was actually thinking, would being on HRT prevent somebody from getting pregnant? Uh, yeah, for the most part. That's yeah, what I was it. actually going with, mm-hmm. is that, you know, maybe if your goal is to get pregnant, that being going on HRT is not going to be the most successful route, unless it was low, like we said, low progesterone output, because- really low progesterone is a, is a big reason for miscarriage in a lot of cases too. So if it's already low, I definitely see the benefit. I just didn't know if, you know, like we talked about, like if the, if you're on 
progesterone prescription and estrogen, does it almost work in the same way as being on birth control? I mean, I'm a firm believer. I don't think any female who's ever ovulating that's not menopausal should be on estrogen. Uh, that there, there's just no need for it. Um, uh, progesterone, a little bit of testosterone in the perimenopausal range, 100%. But like until you're actually going through, like within a year or two of going through the transition, um, the only reason they give estrogen to females is to mitigate symptoms. Uh, that's, that's pretty much the only reason. And again, fix all the other areas, the gut, the liver, and a lot of those problems all, all kind of go away um, in that sense. But remember everyone, like when you take, exogenous hormones. Okay. There are millions of little sensors in the body that says, Oh, do we have enough of these hormones now? Or do we have, do we need more? And if you have, if you're getting it exogenously, shut those down. sensors say, well, we don't need to make any more. Yeah, shut and that shuts off the brain. Mm-hmm. And then there's that signal that needs to be sent to the uh, ovaries um, to ovulate, to pick that one egg. That's never happening. Then um, no baby then uh, there's, so how would you say, what would you say if I were to tell you, um, if, if we had a case, a case where they're actually running TRT, HRT, and then you throw in high dosages of HCG at a thousand micrograms, let's say, would that counter the, the, the fact that they're taking exogenous testosterone to get their own body to produce their own hormone? Yeah. Yeah. That can, that can, um, counteract that. So there, I, again, I worked in age management clinic for years. So if someone came and they, they're like, okay, I still want to have kids. And they wanted to go on testosterone because they were just miserable symptom-wise. You would put them on um, HCG and uh, testosterone. And remember, what is HCG doing? It's continuing to send that signal to the brain. brain. It sends more LH to the uh, testicles to produce more testosterone. So it's never kind of shutting off that signal because the, the sensors in the body are saying that we have plenty of testosterone. Now, does it work for everyone? No. It doesn't, but it did work for a large majority. Now, were there possibly health complications to it? Were there things that I didn't know because I wasn't really working in fertility? I can't say that. Okay, Um, I wouldn't. uh, I wouldn't push that unless that was again the the last thing. But I have seen it. I have seen it work. I have seen couples get pregnant, have healthy babies. So I have to think that that it's not the, the end of the world. What we're seeing a lot, and we work with a lot of functional nutrition coaches, and we're seeing that they're actually exhausting all measures before they, they're sending them to HRT. And I know Rejuvenate, the way they, they handle um, patients is, is a little different. Um, they don't go directly, if it's fertility, they don't go directly to testosterone. They go directly into more of a Clomid HCG type of therapy. And yeah. one of the things you mentioned was uh, everyone is different. So a thousand micrograms to you may not work where 2000 micrograms, 3000 micrograms might be needed. So it all depends. Now, is it, is it safe to say that uh, you can run three, four, 5,000 micrograms of HCG and it wouldn't affect your body? Or is there a limit to HCG where it would cause some issues down the line with fertility? Um, I had the, 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 during the years when I was in working with people who were using a lot of it, it's not anything I was working with in terms of fertility. Okay. So it was me just seeing that here, this person wants to get pregnant. They want to be able to obviously not continue to shoot blanks. And uh, that's the, the mode that they would take. And I said, I did see it be successful. I wouldn't say it was like thousands of cases, uh, but, but quite a few. Um, I can't say if there's any negatives by overdoing it, the dose, but taking 5,000 I use um, a time that that's a lot, you that's, you maybe would do that, you know, after you got done with the testosterone cycle to kind of give a spark to, uh, send that bigger signal to the, from the brain to the gonads to, um, start producing testosterone. You might do that like 5,000, 10,000, uh, I use once every other day for a couple days and then go that's back down to a major dose. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. You, you, you're trying to shock the system a little bit in, yeah. in, in that sense. That's someone that has been taking testosterone for a while and their LH is not existent. It's like, zero. Yeah, yeah it's zero. zero. You feel like if once somebody's gone on HRT for like estradiol patches or estradiol in general, that they're kind of could be on it for long term. Uh, so, estra- estrogen is very important um, for yeah. for so many factors, and um, most f- women don't realize that perimenopause is you know, you have receptors at the brain level. And when you start seeing these fluctuations of estrogen, okay, 
that turns on an, an inflammatory cascade or kind of like flips a switch in the brain that says, uh-oh, things are wrong. And that starts sending these inflammatory uh, particles throughout the whole body. And that's what causes all the negative symptoms of menopause. And the biggest reason why that happens is because females don't have their adrenals that are in place to compensate. So it's stress, it's blood sugar, all the things that kind of destroy the adrenals are the main factors that are contributing to um, the need for estrogen. Okay. But here's the thing, even if you take estrogen in that situation, that's not turning off that switch in the brain. That's already been turned on. You need to dampen that switch in the brain and turning that turns off that inflammatory cascade. And that's a whole different process. This is why I worked in, like I said, I worked with uh, menopausal females for years and they, they would take all the right doses of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and they would still be absolutely miserable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Miserable. And that's because they thought that the estrogen was taking care of the problem. No, it's, it's uh, perimenopause is a, is a, it's a brain level problem, not a hormonal problem. Wow. Yeah. Oh. What do you do to fix that? Or is that like a, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> you dampen, you dampen the, the neuroinflammation. So a lot of polyflavanols, a lot of, uh, a lot of color, um, and that you have to look at the, the nitric oxide system, uh, in, in the body as well. So really calming things down and the biggest one reduce stress and balance blood sugar. Okay. Yeah. How many perimenopausal females have crazy blood sugar levels and they're just uh, stressed, stressed to the gills. It, it's so, it's so incredible. If you notice ever since we started the podcast, Sonia, um, we've, I think you've driven the, 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 the message home of how stress is probably the number one fucking killer of everything, <laughs> right? So when we're talking about stress, guys, I mean, really pay attention to your lifestyle because if you notice it throughout the podcast, the, po- the podcast, <laughs> the podcast that we have uh, going on here, all the episodes, it all circles back to the same thing. What is that? Stress management, sleep management, proper nutrition, supplementation. But notice if the word stress and cortisol keep coming up every single time we have these discussions so it's something to really really focus on and i think that that's driving the message home i think pretty well here with this um a couple of other questions with regards to fertility have you had cases where both men and women i'm assuming you have where both men and women have issues because most fertility cases you're right are, are men driven right but what happens when you have both of them that are having issues conceiving because they're both shooting blanks, if you want to call it. One's not producing any, the other one's not shooting. It's not shooting right amount. Of- so it's, it's about even. Okay. So uh, 30% is males. 30% of in, uh, the causes of uh, infertility in couples is males. Another one third is male and female. And the other one third is, um, is females on its own. So it's pretty kind of even. Well, so when I work with, um, now, if I have, I have a program where I help both the male and the female prime the bodies to let's just say have the healthiest pregnancy possible. Um, but then if someone comes to me, if there's unexplained infertility, I won't even entertain taking them on unless both of them come to the table, both ready to put in work, uh, because it takes two to tango. There's never just one, uh, one person, uh, one person is never is just one person, the problem ever. So you, do you, do you basically when you're doing the, the couple, therapy or program, if you want to call it, do you treat them the same way? Or do you have specific methods for female? You have specific methods for male. That's what I've gathered from our previous uh, interaction. Yeah, there's definitely different tactics. Remember the male needs to work on that 70 to 90 days before the female needs to kind of work on everything. Everything. Process. Um, and it, it does boil down to a lot of the same things. Okay. But males, you know, you, you do a semen analysis. Okay. And you can now do a semen analysis. You can have it come to your house you send it away. It's 200 bucks. Okay. You get the whole report. You can see what's going on. But even if there's no problems with a male semen analysis, remember that DNA fragmentation and epigenetic thing I mentioned earlier. So is there still a strong reason to make sure that you as the father are doing everything you can to make your sperm and your body as healthy as possible? So you can have that, that healthy sperm and you can have that healthy child. And I always explain that even if you don't think there's a problem, Let's try to overdo your antioxidants. Let's try to work on your gut. Let's try to make you as healthy as possible during this whole process so that you can do it uh, as a team uh, with your, your female partner or your wife. Or, you know, so so here's, here's a question for you. Let's say that I was trying to conceive 
and it's I'm 90 days out from conception, <laughs> hypothetically right. speaking. Hypothetically speaking, I'm not gonna wood for right now, but right. Um, <laughs> um, what is one thing? Give me three things that I can do now, right this second to start mm-hmm. thinking about 90 days in the future where I can shock my body. We talked about the 5,000 to 10,000 HCG, but give me more of a lifestyle micronutrient supplement or whatever it is that you can say, look, you can shock your body if you do these three things right now so you can ensure good, strong quality semen 90 days from now. Uh um, put a stress management place, uh, plan in place. Okay. So 30 minutes of something that's uh, parasympathetic or, uh, de-stressing, uh, like what, like what, give me an example. Deep breathing, uh, uh, massage, um, progressive muscle relaxation, foam rolling, uh, honestly, adult coloring books, whatever, (laughs) just calming to, to the mind. Um, especially if you're someone that has a decent amount of stress in your life. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you internalize it, um, getting in uh, a diverse blend of colorful fruits and vegetables per day, just let's say nine to 12 uh, different fruits and vegetables, okay? Throw them in a smoothie, throw them in, in a salad, um, take some antioxidant supplement supplements, so to speak, and then uh, engage in an, an exercise program where you sweat each day would be some of the best things that, that you can do um, right off the bat. Give, give me top five colorful vegetables and fruits that you would recommend in that order. Top five. Um, so uh, a dark berry would be a very good one. Okay. Like uh, a kasai or pomegranate, um, uh, dark um, uh, purple sweet potatoes. Be another great one. Um, beets uh, be something you, you want to add in as well. And then um, uh, uh, power green blend. So something like, you know, all the different types of greens, kale, and then, and spinach, yep. and then, um, uh, you know, any type of root vegetable would be another good one. Okay. Like, uh, um, jicama or yucca or something like that would yeah. be really good as well. Um, so the, the key is, is rotation and, um, variety, not eating the same thing over and over again. And just getting in a lot of those different plants. Yeah, this this is this is going to be hard for a lot of bodybuilders that are, are or even fitness competitors that are constantly eating the same thing. Because I I find myself eating the same darn thing every freaking day, and I need to get better at that. I, I definitely. One of the things I I do with my clients too is like, and I have there that are very like systematic and in contest prep or not is you know one of the things is contest prep is like obviously keeping things consistent, not racking the gut. But I think outside of that, it's really important as coaches too, and just day-to-day lifestyle that we're looking at food blogs and we're talking about things like food variety and diversity. And one of the things I do is like, I'll tell my clients like, Hey, it's like, when was the last time you switched up your fruits or vegetables? Or I want you to pick four fruits and four different veggies this week. And then next week, pick four fruits and four different veggies and prep with those things and get a variety in the meats that they're eating too. So they're not just eating the same stuff. So their, their microbiome isn't just adapting to those foods. Then what happens is when they eat outside of that, they normally have these digestional issues and they think they're allergies. I think it boils down to two. It's like, listen, do you want to have a healthy child and a healthy pregnancy and have no health complications from the yeah. mother? Okay. Then the time comes a time when it says, listen, it's shit or get off the pot. Oh, I think. Okay. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't be strict for, for 90 days for the health of your child, possibly for the rest of their life. Okay. Your priorities are out of whack. Okay. Now, not everyone's going to need to be in that situation, but this is why I try to make it as simple as possible. Uh, like I said, I stick to smoothies, salads, stir fries. Okay give you recipes. Listen, make it easy. You can easily get 15 different veggies if you follow that routine. Okay. And it makes it simple uh, because listen, it can't be stressful when you're like, oh my gosh, that's, that's outside my normal routine. So work with someone that can show you how to do that uh, and, and take a lot of the guesswork out of it and explain the importance to you as to why doing so is going to be so important um, because it's, listen, it's only a short, short run. And you know, you, you want a healthy child for the, for the rest of, of, of his or her life. And what you do in that preparation time period before it is really important. Beautiful. And, and diving into what you mentioned before, that from a supplementation standpoint, you're looking at liposomal, glutathione, NAC, anything else that you may add to that list? Uh, I mean, it really, it, honestly, it really depends on what uh, the problems are. So whenever I, I work with any couples, I, I give them an assessment form. I try to identify what are the three or four biggest issues that they're dealing with. And based on those issues, then we put certain supplements in, in, in play based on that. It says, what's the number one cause of infertility? It's PCOS, okay? And when someone has got PCOS, 
they got blood sugar and insulin problems. So that's something you'd want to mitigate in that fact. Okay. If someone has endometriosis, that's inflammation. There's different things you can do for that. Uh, and if someone has, um, uh, lack of menstrual cycles, you know what I mean? There are things that you could take to fix that what's causing it. So, I mean, adaptogens could be a really good thing to, mm-hmm. to use after everything else is handled. Um, another supplement that's really good is a modified citrus pectin. Okay. It's a very safe binder that helps bind to, um, toxins in the gut. So you can kind of just essentially poop it out. Uh, and it's easy. It's only one of the only supplements I actually advise when females are actually, um, pregnant. Um, so stuff like that. How about Sonia's favorite melatonin? Uh, melatonin is, uh, great, uh, for, uh, so many different reasons. And remember, it's another super powerful antioxidant. When someone has endometriosis, you can give people up to almost a 50 milligram dose of it per day. Wow. Um, uh, and melatonin, if you take it uh, externally, does not shut down your own natural production of it. Okay, that's been proven. Yeah. So that was something that I, I flip-flopped on the topic throughout the years quite a bit. Like, oh, don't take too much. Don't take it too long because it shuts down your own natural production. That doesn't happen. You so really want to watch like the benefits of something like melatonin. You can Google melatonin and research for COVID-19. And there are hundreds of PubMed studies, hundreds of PubMed studies, even with berberine and COVID prevention, which is an antimicrobial. So would you say that 50 milligrams is an adequate dose of melatonin from from an antioxidant standpoint, or do you what dosage would you recommend? No, that, that's a little high. Uh, yeah, I, I was, was going to say it's yeah. a little high. Um, Three um, to six, right? If you, another fun fact for you guys, I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, twenty milligrams of melatonin during chemo it doubles the um, uh, survival rate uh, through chemo. Uh, I'm using that with a client right now. You and I talked about that. Who's going yep. through chemo? And the studies are very clear. And how many uh, oncologists are advising that? Uh, yeah. Pretty much none. So. Um, I would say really melatonin is a, it's really like a Goldilocks substance where you got to find the right amount. Uh, I would say the, the lower, the better your body only produces 0.25 milligrams per day. So if you're taking three milligrams, obviously, and that's, you know, 12 times, uh, what your body's naturally producing. And there's a lot of, um, research out there saying that, you know, the main reason that we sleep is to actually produce melatonin. So taking a little extra can, can hurt. But if it makes you feel groggy when you wake up in the morning, then um, you probably need to take a, a little less dose. So you said anywhere from three to six, or you said twelve? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Uh, I'm honestly, I, I think three milligrams is is a is a perfect fine perfectly fine dose. Okay, I've taken I've gone all the way up to ten. Um, I I personally like the um, prolonged release form, so that it, it breaks down slowly over the night versus just one, you know, one burst. Does it have an ester attached to it, or how does that work? I'm not sure. Just, uh, they're, they're, it's a very cheap product. Just look at uh, prolonged release. I think it's just uh, I think it's a time release. So it just, it starts breaking down the, 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 the layers over time. Probably the, it's probably like, like a liquid cap type, type release type of things. No, I mean, the type that I take is, uh, it's, it's, it's a capsule. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm not sure the the technology for it. Um, but it's just like, you know, you see the effervescent, like it just kind of like slowly breaks down, uh, over a certain period of time. I've been doing, uh, I was spending a lot of my time doing some research on that plus um, in, in, with regards to not only the, the DNA repair, but it actually, I don't know if you're familiar with that plus uh, the way that it actually works within, within the body. Some people are claiming that they've actually seen reverse uh, reversal of cancer uh, in, in certain cancer cases when running that, uh, that plus, what is your take on that when it comes to fertility and when it comes to like reversing certain symptoms? You're saying, like, are you saying NAD? Plus? NAD, uh-huh. Um, yeah, NAD is a, a, a great um, uh, The pill form that you can take is uh, nicotinamide riboside, and mm-hmm. it, it really works on the, um, the, um, the AMPK pathways in the body, mm-hmm. which is kind of turning off. Um, hold on, I lost you here. Which is kind of um, turning on the many of the longevity pathways in the body. Uh, same thing, AMPK is what happens when you activate when uh, when you fast, things like that turns on autophagy. So it's a great, great substance, but again, what it's doing, it's working at the mitochondrial level. Okay. It's the, the, I call NAD plus the, the baton that gets passed between the different phases of the mitochondria to finally produce energy. And if you don't have enough of that raw material or that baton, so to speak, then, uh, your, your cells can't produce energy. And that's one of the number one reasons behind the disease. One of the things to keep in mind is it doesn't really matter if you're doing all this shit. If you're not sleeping, 
all of it will be affected. Your NAD plus is greatly affected. Your hormones, your adrenals, all of the things, your blood sugar regulation. That's like one of the things that's really important too, is it's not always about what you can do. Like, am I taking NAD plus? It's what are you doing on the flip end from preventing it from breaking down? Like, are you actually taking, it's not always about adding a supplement, but sometimes taking the time to make those lifestyle changes to help support your body's own rhythm for things. Um, and supporting that in return makes the stuff that you are taking even more beneficial in the long run. Listen, everyone wants a quick fix. Okay. Yeah, everyone, every, everyone. everyone wants a quick fix. One interesting yeah. thing to, to piggyback on what you just said, um, there is one of the things that I think we miss a lot also is there is a deterioration of everything in your body as you age. NAD being one of them. There's a, by the age of 40, you're dropping, I think, 30 to 40% of NAD production in your own body. And people that have actually taken NAD plus have noticed their NAD levels go up significantly to the point that they feel rejuvenated. So that's the, the science behind taking NAD plus is giving you the access to, it's kind of like TRT, right? When you get, when you get dialed in properly to TRT, you feel amazing. Like you feel, you feel like you're 25 again. It's kind of the same thing with NAD. You're right. You have to take all the lifestyle changes into consideration. But when you do take all the lifestyle things into consideration, there's only so much your body's going to make at 50. There's only so much testosterone your body's going to make at 40. There's only so much. So if we can actually take all of that and utilize lifestyle changes and group it with great supplementation and products that are out technologies that are currently out there in the world that people don't know about, you can be a, a really good performing performance machine moving forward. So it's everything guys. We always say it's not one thing. It's not two things. It's everything around you that, that counts. I think this is a great, it was a fantastic episode for having Travis on. Thank you so much, Travis, for being here. Sonia, do you want to have add anything else in closing here? Why don't you close us out oh, here? Yeah. Obviously another awesome episode with Travis guys. And like I said before, make sure you guys check Travis out. He's got the WellFits mentorship. So if you're a coach out there and you're wanting to learn about each and every one of these things, literally like from sleep to PCOS, adrenal fatigue, thyroid disorders, testosterone, every single one of those things is covered in the training. It's super in depth. Um, but as always, we're so glad Travis that you were on, um, tell our, our listeners where they can find you if they want to get in contact with you either for mentorship or just Instagram stuff. Honestly, the best, the best means right now, I'm in the process of actually, uh, creating funnels and doing all the marketing stuff to, to get the information out there. I've been doing fertility for a while, but, uh, I just want to help more people. So the best way to contact me is email me, Travis, T-R-A-V-I-S at wellfits.com. Uh, and then uh, it's Travis uh, Zipper and, and Instagram. Reach out. I'm very uh, open to discussing and helping anyone in, in any way possible. And uh, I just think some more people in the world need help and they need some guidance on this topic because it's uh, something that's it's heart wrenching to see couples trying to have uh, children and, and willing to do whatever it takes and just not having the right guidance uh, or, or the right person to follow. Them. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much, Travis. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, what a great episode today uh, with Travis. Thank you, Travis, for being on here. And like as always, thank you for listening to us. And uh, this is a wrap for episode 23. We hope to see you guys for episode 24. Thanks, guys.